cease working, striving, depending on yourself for your own spiritual holiness, for gathering stuff, stop for one day a week and instead recognize that God is creator, deliverer, and sanctifier. Those three themes will come back throughout uh, my message. So those of you that are writing notes, the three were creator, deliverer, sanctifier, provider of light. <laughs> Let's start in Genesis 1. Good to see you, Barry. Awesome. Before we get into the how of how to practice this Lord's Day Sabbath concept, we're going to start with, with talking about the why. If we start with the how, uh, we get into this, this legalism, obeying the law without faith, morality without relationship. This is getting fun here. <laughs> Pastor's default, when in doubt, turn to scripture. Okay. Let's read Exodus 20, uh, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So this is the fourth of ten commandments. Uh, most of us, our society is built on the ten commandments, and most people are familiar uh, with them. But it's the first one that's worded positively. The, the, instead of what were known, you know, the Ten Commandments are thou shalt not, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. This is the first one that started actually positively with the word remember. Um, remember isn't just a passive word. Uh, God isn't speaking to Moses here and just like in a rocking chair, ah, remember the good old days. Um, remember is more like, uh, remember you forgot to turn the water off. It's like a, there's an action to this remember. And, and the, the times that this has been used in the Bible so far in Genesis and beginning of Exodus, it, it's God remembered and he acted. So people like Noah, God remembered Noah in the boat and the waters receded. God remembered Joseph in prison and he freed him. God remembered Abraham and his desire for a child. And God steps in and rescues them. So the action that is to be remembered here is stopping. The word is actually just cease, just stop. Remember to stop. So let's think about this from the Israelite perspective. They're hearing these Ten Commandments from God. What do they hear? So the Ten Commandments are given to the Israelites after God has chosen them to be his people. He took them out of Egypt through a bunch of miracles and across the Red Sea. And now they're free. They're this new nation. And so how are they, what are they supposed to do? 
How do they live? How do they structure themselves? And God provides the Ten Commandments to this newly formed nation on how he wants them to live. Rule number one, I am God. I rescued you. Don't go worshiping someone else and giving them credit for what I've done in your life. Number two, don't make idols trying to form God into an image. God's too big for that. You can't just fit him into an image. Three, when you talk about God, show some respect. Recognize who you're talking about and how awesome he is. Don't just do it flippantly. Don't just do it disrespectfully. Number four, remember the Sabbath. We'll come back. Then number five to number ten are all about how to relate to each other uh, as a nation. Honor your parents. Don't kill one another. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't sleep with someone who's not your spouse. Don't dream about having uh, what others have. Pretty reasonable. We can kind of go through a bit of a checklist, even in our own society, of how we're doing with some of those things. The fourth commandment is actually a a pretty significant key to even some of the other commandments, and, and especially answering this question of why. Why should Israel live this way? And the, the response is in Exodus 20.11, it's because in six days God created. And on the seventh, he rested. That's the why. The reference here is back to the story of creation in Genesis chapter 2. So, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on, on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The, the, the Hebrew word that's used here is the word, I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but sabbat, S-A-B-A-T. So you can see that that's clearly the, the root word for the sabbath, S-A-B-B-A-T-H, it, it, it comes from the same word of, of, of just cease, stop. God stopped. God ceased his work. And so the, the lesson here is that God wants his people to follow his patterns for living. God is saying, if you're going to be my people, you need to live like me. And here's how you can do it. After working for six days, I stopped. Don't work for one of the days of the week. Stop. So, again, let's think this through from an Israelite perspective of hearing this fourth commandment. This was actually amazing news for them. For the past 400 years, they had been beaten as a, from the, by their Egyptian slave masters. They were demanded to make more bricks, more pyramids, more aqueducts, more of Egyptian society. Uh, slaves do not get a day off for 400 years years. That was their history. They worked all day, every day. These are newly freed people from that. They are just starting to get their minds around what it means to not work every day. And this God that has rescued them has now said, you can have a day to rest and to honor me for what I have done, for this freedom that I have provided you. It's not just a day of leisure. It's not just a day of goofing off. It's not like I'm giving you a golf day to just go out and hang out with the boys. It's a day to focus on the one who has set you free. 
I think from an Israelite perspective, after a 400-year slavery history, that that would be an amazing, amazing command. After working all day, every day, they're told to live different than anyone else on the planet at that time. They are not to work for one day as a reflection of the way that their God lives. So the Sabbath became a sign of this covenant that God had made with them, the Sinai covenant. Exodus 19, just verses before the the Ten Commandments, says this, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I talked about God being the creator, and, the, and, and here God is showing up as the deliverer, the deliverer of, of Israel. Israel is going from slave to priest. This is God totally changing their identity. Pastors can't help but point out that this is the image of what happens when people accept Jesus. They're transformed. Their identity radically changes. They go from common to holy, from foreigners to family. God adopts us as his own. This is what makes adoption so beautiful. Those who don't have parents now are connected in a family. It's the same with Israel. They had no identity as slaves, and now they are seen as royalty. Children of the king of the world. And as a result of their identity changing, they are expected to live like the king. How does the king live? How does the creator live? He stops working for one day a week. So, why? Because God's people are no longer slaves. They should be living like him. When he stops, his people stop. Brings us to the question of how, the, a bit more challenging form uh, here. For, for many, the idea of stopping work is, is a good thing, but how do we do it? What does it mean? How can I do it? Is it a specific day? Do we all have to practice the same day? Who's going to milk the cows? Um, we're in good company asking these questions. Uh, the Israelites have been asking how do we do this from the start? And I, in some ways, I, I don't think it was actually fair to them. Um, it's crucial because this is, this is a sign of the covenant. People actually died for not following the Sabbath. Because th- those people were basically saying, I'm going to choose not to follow God. I, no, I, I'm going to intentionally go in, uh, against him. But there's very little explanation throughout the Old Testament of of how do we practice, how do the Israelites practice the Sabbath? They're they're kind of left to figure it out for themselves. And God just says, stop, honor me on that day. There are a few places. Uh, Jeremiah, Nehemiah uh, provides some explanation, but those were hundreds of years later uh, as they they were coming back from exile. You know, don't carry a burden. Uh, Don't buy and sell. On, on the Sabbath. But it still leaves a lot of questions uh, 
for the Israelites, and it's left questions for the Jews and even us as, as Christians today of, of what do we do? How do we practice this? By the end of the second century, 39 different types of work had been established. The, the Jews became legalistic. They, they started to they follow the law but forgot about the, the relationship, and Jesus had some pretty strong words for them about their forgetting uh, what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath, is, is what Jesus says. My father-in-law reminded me that, that on his trip to Israel, uh, there, to this day, there's Sabbath elevators so that you don't have to push a button. On the Sabbath, the Sabbath elevator goes up each floor. If you're on the 21st floor, you stop at each one so that you don't have to push a button and do work on the Sabbath. To me, that's overkill. There's some good history as to why they're doing that. I don't get it, but it, it's, it's there. So instead of looking from the time of the Ten Commandments and how the Israelites practiced it afterwards, I think we go the other way and look back even further into history because there was actually a template already four chapters earlier in Exodus 16, where the Israelites had already practiced the Sabbath. It's the first time that the word Sabbath appears in the Old Testament, and it's already been stated and given to them by God in Exodus uh, chapter 16. Before I read it, here's a bit, of, of, a bit more of history for you so that you understand the context of what's going to happen. So, Israel is in Egypt for 400 years as slaves. God brings them out with all sorts of plagues, of all sorts of miracles. He ends up parting the Red Sea. Israelites pass through on dry ground. The Egyptians try and follow and they drown. And Israel is now free in the desert. The Sinai Peninsula today, modern day. They're in the desert. There's no food. There's no water. And the people get thirsty. And the people get hungry. And they start grumbling. And they actually look back and go, Oh man, at least in slavery we had food. We should go back. For those of you that were here last week, when Adam was talking about the nostalgia of sin, going back to our, our former life, this, this is the example here from the Israelites. I'm just going to... I'm just going to go back. There's, I'm just going to go back and live in my sin, kind of live in slavery. It's better than what I have. I have nothing here. And God tests them, and God provides for them so that they learn to trust in him. And each day he provides manna, bread from heaven. And he provides them with quail. And they can collect, go out and collect as much as they want. So no one goes hungry. The, the one thing is it just doesn't last overnight. They didn't have refrigeration. The manna, if they collected more than what they could eat, it, it rotted. Same with the quail. Like they just had, so every day they had to go out and get new food. Go and collect new food. Except for the sixth day. On the sixth day, they're supposed to collect double. So if you think about this, you have these slaves that have been building pyramids and other Egyptian things for 400 years, working hard, and these hardworking people now have one job 
go and collect food. I think this would have been incredibly challenging for them to go such a radical shift in, in their daily life. To all, all I have to do is collect food. Okay, I'll just well, I'll grab some extra for tomorrow and make sure they, they could do that. But God was teaching them a lesson to not find their identity in work, not find their identity in the, the slavery, in the work that they had to do, but to find their identity in him, to live like him, to trust in him. So this is what uh, the Word of God says, Exodus 16, uh, verse 22. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning, as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, Some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where he is on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. This is actually the first place where the word Sabbath comes into the Bible. People don't gather. They stay in. For those that find their identity in six days of work, gathering, building, whatever, rest. Your provision is to be found in God, not work, not human effort. The Israelites were trying to provide for themselves, and God is testing them and telling them that he will provide for them. The Sabbath is about God providing for his people, and his people accepting his gift, his provision. It's a day where the focus is on God's provision and not on ourselves. Six days we work, we co-labor with God, For the Israelites, he provided them manna, and the Israelites gathered. So it wasn't like the Israelites were were totally independent of God for six days, and then, oh yeah, that one day I'm going to remember God. God was present for seven days. He was providing the manna. But on 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 the seventh, they stopped as a statement of faith in recognizing that all that they have physically and how we can translate that spiritually, is dependent on him. All that we have physically, all that we have spiritually, is dependent on him. The the command here of rest, stopping, it is a command, but it's more than that. It's it's actually a gift. As as part of the, the process of becoming more like God, living in his ways, it, it's, it's a test. 
It's a challenge. It's a way for us to become more like God. That, that's sanctification. That's the process of becoming holy. The question for us is, can, can you trust God to provide and live your life as a reflection of his created order? Uh, the Sabbath isn't just for me personally, for you personally. Uh, the Sabbath is our gift to the world. It's a gift to your kids. It's a gift to servants. It's a gift to animals. It's a gift to guests and foreigners. They get a day off too. They get to see that God provides for them without striving, without working for it. It shows God's presence, God's character in the life of, of the Israelites and I believe in, in for us today as well. So, as God's people, we should live like him. We should follow his ways. The Sabbath was a day to show dependence on God. It was a way to show faithfulness to him. They were making a statement that they trusted God as deliverer. I believe that uh, practicing the Sabbath as a statement of faithfulness to God is, is similar to how some people today pray before meals. Do you, do you need to pray before a meal? Well, no. But you are making a statement that you recognize that God's provision is there for you. I would say that, that praying before meals is a Sabbath-like practice. We stop. We don't just start jumping into the food. We stop. We recognize that God has provided for us, and we eat the food. I think that's a, a Sabbath-like practice that we can embrace in our world today. Uh, the Sabbath uh, is a day of, to focus on God's interests and not on our own. God provides us with work, not just in, in jobs, but uh, the things that we're responsible to do here on earth. I believe that work is a gift from God. And God allowed the people to go out and gather manna and gather quail as part of providing for themselves. But the reason that they gathered and, and worked was for themselves, to, to eat. But on the Sabbath, they didn't need to gather in order to eat. They didn't need to gather in order to eat. It was a clear statement that they were allowed to focus on the one who had provided the food for them the day before. You don't have to go and gather. You just need to recognize that God has provided. This is why in our day and age now, as the church, we gather together. We do it on a Sunday as a celebration of Christ's resurrection, and it's to focus on God. This is part of a New Testament or a modern-day Sabbath practice to celebrate God's goodness together. It's not meant to be a, a legalistic thing, but it's a great practice for us to focus on God as a creator, as, as creator, as deliverer, and as sanctifier. One day each week, instead of going and doing our own thing, we gather together and we focus on God. I'll give one uh, image more New Testament focused. I talked about Jesus and, and his condemnation of, of the legalism of, of Sabbath in, in that day. Uh, the other is, 
in the New Testament is that Sabbath provides us an image of heaven. It provides us an image of the way things are meant to be. In, uh, in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 9 to 11, it says this. The whole chapter 4 is, I highly recommend just reading over later. I'm just not going to read it all now, but it's all about the Sabbath rest. Chapter, uh, verse 9 of chapter 4 of Hebrews. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. Colossians chapter 2 talks about it as, as an image of the eternity that is there with God forever. A little bit of extra study that you can do uh, on your own this week. So I said at the beginning that God is creator, deliverer, and sanctifier. And that that came from a quote that I, I found that I want to read here. The Sabbath is a way of remembering and expressing the truth that God is our creator, deliverer, and sanctifier. We are dependent on him for all we have in the world, for our deliverance from enemies and for our holiness. He has indeed designed that we work, but our work neither creates nor saves nor sanctifies. For these we depend on the blessing of God. I I realize that I didn't answer the question of like who's going to milk the cows. Um, some of that is, is up to you to discern how this comes out in your life. For me, uh, the way I had to live out this this week is uh, it takes effort to prepare a sermon. It's on my mind. I'm wondering about what I'm going to say, what people are going to hear, all the, the, the issues and challenges and all of that. I, I intentionally took Friday as a day where I did not work. I just left it. Trusting that God would provide words, provide us a sermon for Sunday morning. I think lots of times I could have probably put more effort and more time and more work into it, but I don't know if that's actually the right process when I'm speaking on, okay, take a day. It was my daughter's birthday on Friday, so we had a great family day, and we did all of that. I just didn't, I intentionally disciplined myself to not work. I think there's something to it. That's how I I lived it out. I give it to you as an example. How are you going to live that out? That's why we have small groups. It's a great place to discern and work through uh, those things and uh, and chew through Spirit of God. What are you saying to us? How do we practice this Sabbath day, Sabbath rest, Lord's day in our modern uh, culture today? Let's pray together and the worship team can come on up. God, we thank you that you uh, give us your example of rest, uh, even in the created order that you, uh, you designed. We thank you that, uh, that we are not slaves, that we are, are children of God. God, help us to live in, in your ways. Help us to live by your rhythms. Help us to live by your word. 
God, we know that your word is true and living and active. We know that we can understand through history uh, what has happened and how we are to live. And I pray that you would give us wisdom to apply this in our life. God, bless us as we live in your ways and we practice rest, stopping and focusing ourselves on you instead. In your name, amen.